Welcome everyone to today's devotion. We'll finish the week out looking at Acts chapter 11. And here we see the fallout from Cornelius's conversion. And as is typical, whenever there's change in any sort of system, group, tribe, whatever, uh, there is, there's conflict. And so Peter, having gone to the Gentiles, uh, stirs up conflict among the Jews. And we see that right from the beginning, verse 1. Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, you went to the uncircumcised men and ate with them. Here you see that who one asso- excuse me, associates with um, um, indicates what sort of person you are. Now, now, as a general rule, there's some real truth to that. What's the old saying? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. There's, there's some real truth to that. But here it's, it's theological reasons, not just social reasons, but theological reasons. That if he eats with the Gentiles, then he has abandoned the Jewish faith. There is a hard dichotomy between Jewish, Jew and Gentile uh, at this time. And so Peter having crossed that bridge, uh, it's as if he's not welcome back. And so this causes great, great controversy. Remember that Jesus himself was a full-blooded Jew. Descendant of David, descendant of Abraham. He lived a Jew, taught as a Jew, acted as a Jew, he died a Jew. And all of his first believers were all Jewish. And so it's easy to see how Christianity was thought as a set sect of, of Judaism. And, and so one would assume that the gospel of Christianity, because that term isn't called that yet, we'll see it later on in the chapter, is exclusive to Jews. After all, uh, what, they're, what the Christians are proclaiming is the Jewish promise of the Messiah has come, which was made to the Jews. Now, all of a sudden, Peter is going to the Gentiles. Now, Luke has prepared us for this, Acts 1-8, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth, the Gentiles. But the average believer at this time, which were predominantly and almost exclusively Jewish, uh, we're having a hard time reconciling a lifelong uh, belief about the Gentiles and this new doctrine that is bringing the Gentiles in. And so Peter has to explain this. So what he does, starting in verse 3, or really start verse 4, going all the way down, is, is he retells what we saw in chapter 10. So there is some redundancy here. Luke has his own reasons for it. Uh, but but Peter retells the, the story. It is fascinating that... Um, he is given the vision three times, and then immediately after that, three men come knocking on his door saying, hey, we, we, we want you to come see a guy named Cornelius. Um, I don't know what to do with that. It's, it's a free, free detail if you want to look at it uh, between verse 3 and 11. Verse 12 says, And the Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. Again, that's the key. If there's no distinction in food, there should be no distinction in people. And that's strange to the American ear, but it makes sense to, to the theological ear. Because to the Jew, some foods aren't clean. And that is the food that the Gentiles eat. And they're unclean. And so it's easy to put the two together. Now, once all foods are clean, thus all people are common. Right? And so, so what you have then is a leveling of the playing field is that we all, Jew and Gentile, need Jesus. That's precisely what Peter discovers and he shares with these Jewish believers. Verse 15. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as on us at the beginning. Remember, my 
my thesis on tongues is that Acts 2 is the definition of that gift, which is then presumed throughout the rest of the book. Here's a good example of that. Peter says what happened to us in Acts 2, the day of Pentecost, happened to them in the, in the home of Cornelius. So if it's the same gospel, it's the same need, and it's the same spirit, then who am I to say we're super Christians and they're not? We've got the real gospel and they don't. Now, that is unacceptable, Peter learns. And he's discipling these young believers to see it as well. And in verse 16, I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? That's the key. What you have are people come in the faith. Now, we take this for granted, don't we? That, that anyone can come to Jesus. We do take that for granted because of Cornelius. But at the same time, we still have the struggle that, yes, Jesus can save everyone, but will he save that person over there or this person over here? And in those moments, we become like the Pharisee and the tax collector where we think, well, of course Jesus saved people like me. Look at my pedigree. Look at my upbringing. Look at, look at my voting record. No, no, no. Peter is saying, look, if God would save us, why couldn't he save them? And if he saved them, why couldn't he save us? No, there is no distinction. And I'm not going to stand in his way. Verse 18, when they heard these things, they fell silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Man, that is how business meetings should end, right? You start with conflict. You open up your Bibles. You have unity. If only that's the way everything worked in our day. Nevertheless, we now meet the church at Antioch. So, so we, we've seen so far that Peter's dominated the story from Saul. Now we're going to see that, that the story is starting to turn more towards, towards Saul. Verse 19, Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that rose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. Now, now notice what, what you have here is, we talked about this. When Stephen was executed... That was unjust, and it was tragic, and it was evil and wrong. At the same time, God used that to spread the gospel beyond uh, Judea. And here is the evidence for that. Verse 20, but there were some of them, men of Cyprus and, uh, and Cyrene. Remember that Simon Cyrene, the guy who carried the cross of Jesus, this is, this is his home. Who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord and report. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. They sent Barnabas to Antioch. Now, we've met Barnabas here and there, haven't we? When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad. Now, what a difference this is compared to those who are critical of Peter. Barnabas, the son of encouragement, he wants to see souls saved, not a system defended. And he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And there he, he, he grabs Saul and brings him to Antioch. So now what you have is Saul in Tarsus, or, or Saul of Tarsus, but Saul and Barnabas in Antioch. And then we get here at the end of verse 26, in Antioch the disciples were first called Christians. And you remember they were called the way. Now they're called Christians. And so their association with Christ is etched in stone. And this is why we're still called Christians today. Started right here, not in Jerusalem, but in Antioch, which is the result of persecution. God really used 
Stephen's testimony to his last breath for his glory. Now it is here that Antioch becomes the primary sending church uh, of Acts. Yes, Jerusalem does it, of course, but Antioch plays an important role. It's going to be from Antioch that Saul, or, or better known as Paul, will go out on his first missionary journey with Barnabas, and his second and his third. Antioch becomes a church that plants churches, and that should be our goal now, shouldn't, don't you think? That we, each of our churches, that we, we reach our community for Christ, and then go plant another church that will reach community for Christ. And while they're planting churches, we're planting more churches. That's the ideal. It is the ideal that we see here in Acts. Um, hope to see you guys here next week.